Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord... Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, this is what we must do. We must persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in His consciences. Galatians 1 and 10 also talks about persuading. Galatians 1 and 10, For do I now persuade men... Or God? Or do I seek to please men? Question mark. For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I want to persuade men, but I also want to persuade God. But it's not about just persuading men for the, for our glory with men. It's ministering to those around us and persuading them that they need Christ. And we're blessing the kingdom of God, blessing God also. Amen. You may be seated. Persuade, to persuade somebody, actually goes along with my sermon title here today, which is Influencers. There are a lot of influencers in our world today. Influencers that will influence or persuade someone to do what they want you to do. And as they, if, if we're not strong enough, it, it can either be for good, persuade us to do good things. That's a good thing to have in our lives. Someone that will influence us to do the right thing, make the right decisions, walk the right way, live the right way. But there are also influencers that, if we're not strong enough, they will lead us down a bad path and influence us to do wrong, influence us to do the wrong things. There's a lot of influences out there. In a world, billboards along the road are in, trying to influence you to do certain things or to buy their product or whatever. Advertisements on the radio, they're trying to influence you or persuade you that you need what they have. It's a constant barrage of and, and constant uh, uh, speech of influence. There's a lot of influence. Uh, matter of fact, uh, there are times that people influence us to live for God. But yet there are also others that might try to influence us to stop walking with God. Why do you need to go to church? Why do you need to come into the church house? You can live for God without going to church, as influencers are trying to say. A lot of times those voices that are speaking to us and trying to get us to walk away from God or walk away from the kingdom of God or the church are those a lot of times that that think they have a lot of knowledge in the Word of God and living for God. They might even know Scriptures. But they don't live for God themselves. So how could they give us proper persuasion or influence or truth if they don't walk with God themselves? So there's a lot of influences, good and bad, in our world. And it's important for us to have the right influences in our lives. And there are people in our world that have great influence over others. They have a charisma about them. 
they have a magnetic personality that kind of draws people in and uh, it, it can either lead you to the good or lead you to the bad. Let me say this, that when you speak the gospel message, you don't have to have a charisma or magnetic personality about you. The Word does the work itself. The gospel message does the work itself. Trust in the power of that Word. Amen. I come across an article, uh, some of you might have heard of Todd Starnes. He is a conservative writer. And uh, he was t- had an article about influencers renouncing their faith. Influencers renouncing their faith. Talking about people that claim to have, you know, a a ministry and maybe have been part of ministry and our world and our country and yet now they're falling away and they're saying that there's nothing to this God experience or church and it's a terrible thing. They have become influencers in renouncing their faith. They were influencer before to lead people closer to God. Now something happened in their life. They uh, sin came into their life or some struggle or whatever and they lost their way and they are influencing people to do the wrong thing. So, you see, we we have uh, in this article uh, something that I is kind of dear to my heart um, and the reason it's dear to my heart is because it's talking about sometimes music that people listen to. Uh, music, uh, sometimes that has a tag of Christian doesn't mean it's always Christian. Let me put it that way. So, uh, it says here in the article that I've noticed a disturbing trend among so-called Christian influencers. A small but growing number of people made famous because of their faith are now using their platforms to reject the teachings of Christ and influence them to go the wrong way. And there was a writer or a, a, uh, lead singer named John Cooper uh, with a rock band, and some of you probably have heard of it. It's called Skillet. Skillet. What a name for a group. Skillet. I like skillets. I like bacon and eggs and sausage in a skillet. But Skillet. John Cooper, in his watching the, the, the Christian community as a whole, the religious community, the lead singer of this band, said in it said it best in Facebook post, said, What in God's name is happening in Christianity? Question mark. What is happening in Christianity? It's like people are getting away from what they used to stand for. And he even goes further. Cooper was expressing his deep concerns about so-called Christian leaders who are openly renouncing their faith and others who are turning their backs on biblical teachings. even goes further into music. Music is a very big influence in people's lives. And he said that we are in a dangerous place when the church is looking to 20-year-old worship singers as a source of truth, he wrote. And he goes on and says, We now have a church culture that learns who God is from singing modern praise songs rather than from the teachings of the Word of God. People are basing doctrines and basing their faith in God a lot of times on on songs. And what is to prove that these songs that they have written or their life uh, is is really um, the proper influence spiritually upon people's lives? He goes on and says, We must stop making worship leaders 
and thought leaders or influencers or cool people or relevant people, uh, relevant people, the most influential people in Christendom, he wrote. You see, what he's saying here is we can get so caught up into allowing, if we don't read the Word of God and we don't go to church and we don't allow the preaching and teaching of the Word of God, I'm talking about this book right here, to influence us to walk after the truth of the Word of God, then we're going to allow uh, uh, songwriters that might have doctrinally wrong uh, lyrics in their in their songs to lead us down a wrong pathway. You, you know what I'm talking about? And uh, we, we've got to be very cautious about that. And the reason why I'm passionate about this, this is because when I first came to God, uh, I, I put myself into the Word of God. I, I committed myself to the Lord, uh, uh, being faithful to the house of God. But here's the thing, too. I also allowed uh, powerful gospel music to be able to influence my life and minister to my life. But I knew what was right and I knew what was wrong because I allowed my pastor to preach to me. I allowed my pastor to teach to me. I allowed myself to read the Word of God and put the truth into me so I knew right from wrong. And it's a constant thing. It will never end until I get to heaven. But I do want to say just real quick here, I'm very thankful for our worship team. Um, I, I know that there are there are checks that uh, Sister um, Janae checks the songs that we sing before we sing them and make sure that they are biblically sound because there are songs out there that are not sound biblically and doctrinally they are just words that are put out there and it influences people. But I'm very thankful for Sister Janae for checking the songs, make sure they're biblically sound, and to also she even goes further and even looks at the influence of the writer of the songs to make sure that when we are singing worship songs here in the house of the Lord, that it is that it is the right thing for us to 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 sing, and it is correlated with the Word of God. Amen. Let's yeah, thank the Lord for that. Praise God. Thank you, Sister Janae. Thank you, praise team. Because it's very, very important to us that we're singing things that are from the Word of God, that is a part of the Word of God, that is going to move us. But I remember living for God and, 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 and listening to gospel music, and I would feel the power of the Holy Ghost in my bedroom at my home after I got off of school and listening to gospel music and feeling the glory and power of God. I would speak in tongues in my in my bedroom and feel the glory of God. It influenced my life because it was biblically sound. And that is something very, very important as a pastor to a church for all the congregation, but also mainly not well, not just mainly, but I want to speak to the youth here today. Be careful what you listen to and what you allow to influence your life. That is very important. I'm feeling that in the world we're living in here today, it's important for us to stand firm upon the Word of God. It is so very important for us to not be influenced by these influencers out in this world that, that claim to be uh, something great and then all of a sudden the next thing you see they're walking away from God and denying everything about the Word of God and everything about the power of God and everything about a relationship with God. He goes on in, in, in this article and talks over the past few weeks 
the Christian community has been rocked by revelations that a writer of a book, Joshua Harris, the author of, and some of you read this book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, had renounced his faith, and it shocked the Christian world, the religious world. And um, then he also goes on and says, and most recently, Hillsong's Marty Sampson announced his faith in Christ was on incredibly shaky ground. You know why? Because you've always got to go back to the pattern of the Word of God to get the proper influence here of what God is wanting for our lives. It's not a song that just brings up an opinion. This is what I think God wants. This is what I think God is going to do. This is what I think God is going to uh, 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 be allowing in my life. No, we need to go back to the Word of God because the true influencer of our life needs to be the power of the Word of God. It needs to be God in our lives. Amen? Amen. And it goes on and says... um, even Franklin Graham, they had talked to him, and he said, why, why did they make it so public? I think they just wanted publicity. Otherwise, why didn't they just leave their faith and just be quiet about it and not broadcast it? You know why? This is my thoughts here. Is because they wanted publicity, and they wanted other people to follow them to make them feel better for the bad decisions that they made. You know, when we do something wrong, we like people to come along with us. We, we, we like to bring people along with us to, to make ourselves feel better. That I've got a group and it's not just me that's, that's making the wrong decision. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a group of people and it gives so-called what they think credibility to the decision that they've made. Cooper goes on and says um, in his Facebook post, uh, pointed out, a common thread among the leaders and influencers are saying no one else is talking about the real stuff. And he said this is just flatly false, he wrote. I just read today in a renowned worship leader's statement, how could a God of love send people to hell? No one talks about it as if it is the first person to, uh, is the first person to ask this. But here's the, here's the thing about it. He goes on in this article, but I want to stop here. And this is my answer to that of questions of people having in their mind and their heart that would walk away from the Word of God, walk away from the church, walk away from a relationship with God because they feel like, what? how could a God of love send you to a lake of fire or hell? And this is the answer. I got it, and I mentioned it here a couple of Wednesdays ago. And it comes from John Maxwell in his relationship with his friend, an atheist. And the atheist said, I won't live for a God that, will, that, that claims to be a God of love that's going to send you to hell. And John Maxwell said, I agree with that. I agree with that. But he said, I want you to understand, here's the thing. God has given you every opportunity to not go to hell. He's given you every opportunity of way of escape to not go to hell. And if you go to hell, you're going to have to step over Jesus Christ to get there. That's the answer. 
That is the answer. Because the Lord does not want any of us to perish, but He wants all of us to come to a place of repentance. He wants the Word that He's given to us. He's given us every option of a way of escape by following this Word right here. He's given us every option to be able to overcome the, the, the eternity of darkness and damnation of the end time. He's given us an opportunity. But you have, to, you have to climb over the body of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross. He shed His blood. If you're going to go to hell, you've got to step over Him to be able to get there. He's a God of love. He wants us all to come to a place of repentance. He wants us all to come to a place of deliverance. And in Him, we will find deliverance and joy and victory in our lives. Amen. But we must go back to the Bible. We must go back not to opinions of the influencers that might have been influenced to write lyrics of a song that's going to lead you away from this book right here. We need to go back to the Word of God. This book is going to lead us to an eternity in the Lord. Amen. There's a lot of influencers in our world. But we must be an influencer for God in His Word of truth as a church we don't need to be influenced with the ways of the world. We need to be able to be strong enough that we can influence this world for Christ. Amen? Amen. Jesus influenced people to follow His way to eternal life. He led a woman at the well. He led her to a point of making some decisions as He began to minister to her at that, at that well. He was an influencer for her life. He was an influencer so much that he went and began to tell everybody about it. She, or she went and began to tell everybody about it. She told the people around her in the city about this influencer, Jesus. Jesus influenced Mary Magdalene to come and, and give her life to the, to the gospel message. It was the man of Gadara that came out of the tombs. It was filled with the devil. He influenced him and cast the demon out of him. And what was the man doing after that? He was such an influencer that even while the devil was in his life, he came down and bowed himself and worshipped the Lord. And when Jesus cast the demon out, this man lived for him, gave his life. He was delivered. What an influencer. Jesus influenced 12 disciples to pick up their things and, and follow Him. Just, as a matter of fact, they left their boats, they left their tables, they left their whatever they had. When He said, follow Me, they just simply followed Him. He was an influencer. He influenced multitudes to follow Him. But God's presence creates an atmosphere of desire for Him. What we need as a church body is to have enough of the Holy Ghost within us to be able to influence others, amen, for them to be able to see the power of God within our lives. We look through the Bible, there's so much influence. There's so much persuasion in the Word of God. We even find that God sent angels to influence people. There's angels all around us. In the in the book of uh, Genesis, it says in Sodom and Gomorrah, there were Lot's family living there, and he sent angels to them to be able to tell them, you've got to leave this city, a city that they had lived in, a city of sin, 
a city of ungodliness. And when he sent the angels there, these angels had a message from the Lord. And they influenced Lot and his family to leave Sodom and Gomorrah. But on the way out of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, as they heard the fire and brimstone come down on that city that was full of sin, we also find that there was something inside the heart of Lot's wife that was influencing her to go back to the city. Her heart wanted the ways of Sodom and Gomorrah. And as they were walking away, and she was told specifically, don't look back, she turned around and looked at the city that was influencing her, and she became a pillar of salt. She lost out. She was told not to look back, but something within the heart of her influence turned her around because her heart was still in the city. You find that there are people that will be influenced for God, but there's others that are not going to be influenced for God because we all have a choice. Paul in the Bible was an influencer. He was a preacher of the Gospel. He was influenced by the Lord on the way to Damascus. But he was an influencer. He preached the Gospel. He delivered the message. He prayed for the sick. They were healed. What influence Paul had upon other people. But he reached the multitudes with the Gospel message. But there was one, and maybe more, but there's one in the Bible that he didn't reach. And that was a man called King Agrippa. The Bible says in the book of Acts that that uh, Paul stood before a man. Uh, we understand and looking at the history of of, a, of King Agrippa. Here Paul was standing before King Agrippa. And when you look at the past history and you look at the persuasion of his ancestry, you will find that Paul, in his influence with the Gospel message, stood before the man, <clears throat> King Agrippa, who, whose great-grandfather had tried to kill Jesus as a baby. He also stood before King Agrippa that... King Agrippa's grandfather had John the Baptist beheaded. And his father uh, of King Agrippa had martyred the first apostle James. So Agrippa's family's history made him unlikely to receive Paul's influence. Here he didn't, he didn't back up from it though. He, he spoke it into a King Agrippa. And as King Agrippa heard the words of the influence of Paul of this great gospel message in the book of Acts 26, 28, and 29. It says, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except for these bonds of change, of course, chains, of course, that they would be free. That they would find the freedom that I have found. Here he was, standing with bonds and chains on his feet and hands. He was bound, but yet he was telling them, I am free. Because there's something within inside of me that is free. Something within inside of my life, my soul, my being, is freedom. But he, he didn't sell out completely. Agrippa was right on the edge, right on the edge of giving his life totally to God, 
But he didn't. But he didn't. He didn't give his life totally to God. He said, almost, Paul. Almost you had me there. But he didn't do it. This is what Agrippa would have experienced by a Christian influence. We find in Acts 26.18, If Agrippa had given his life to God, the, the message that Paul was speaking to Agrippa in Acts 26 and verse 18, listen to what it says. This is what he gave up. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Let me put it in these words. This is what he gave up according to the Scripture. He didn't want to turn from darkness to light. He didn't want to turn from the power of Satan to the power of God. He didn't want to receive forgiveness for his sins. He didn't want a place among God's people. He didn't want to become one of those set apart by the faith of Jesus. It was just almost. Almost. Right on the edge. How close was he to giving his life to the Lord? Almost. A fine, there's a fine line there. There's a fine line between making eternity in heaven or eternity in judgment of a lake of fire. The spirit of almost won out in Agrippa's life. He was almost there. How close are we here today of surrendering totally to God? How close is it almost? Almost I was persuaded. Almost the Word of God influenced me. Almost, I almost gave my life to the Lord. But yet... The spirit of almost won out in many people's lives. It was almost. There's a fine line there. Such a fine line between the haves and the have-nots. Such a fine line between eternity in heaven and eternity in hell. Such a fine line. Such a fine line. It's called almost. Almost. You persuaded me. Almost, preacher. You persuaded me with the Word of God. Almost his words just, it was dealing with me, but it was just almost. I just didn't get there. I just didn't do it. I just didn't take the step. Almost you persuaded me and influenced me to be a Christian. How do you allow the, how do you allow that to influence you? How do you allow it to influence you? Is it almost? The godly biblical counsel of God or the worldly sinful influencers that lead you back into a place or an environment of sin. You know how it is. When you're around a group of people that's doing some things wrong for long enough, you're strong, you're able to overcome, but eventually, if you allow yourself to be in that environment long enough, it begins to affect you. It begins to draw you in. 
It began, you, and you might fight against it. I got the willpower to overcome it. But, but the more that they're sinning, the more that they're doing wrong, the more that they're, they're stealing and they're cheating and the more they're, they're drinking and the more they're drugging and the more they're, they're treating people wrong and the more of the adulterous affairs and the, and the fornication that's going on, the more that it goes on and the more of the lust and the, and the more of the ways of the world it begins to suck you right into that and draw you right into that influence and that environment. And it begins to affect your life. Listen to this preacher today because I'm trying to deliver a message that you won't say almost you persuaded me, but you will say all and everything I give to God. I give to God. You know, if your so-called friends are wanting you to join them in sin and hurt your life and destroy your family, I would say you need to find new friends. I'm just being open, honest with you. The world, uh, you know, people want the preacher to, to gloss it over, but I'm here to tell you the world doesn't gloss it over. It's all or nothing here in the world. Uh, they want you to jump right in. They want you to have whatever they have. Uh, they want you to join in their sin, and they want you to have the struggle and the, and the problems in your life. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't beat around the bush about the sin. Uh, they don't beat around the bush about the worldliness and the ways of the world that leads to destruction. And it leads to a lake of fire and judgment. You know why I'm able to say that? Because it's in the book. Amen. This is the final word. This is the sole authority. This is what tells us what's in the end time of our lives. That we live for God or we don't live for God. The influence. Let this word be your influence today. But if, you know, a lot of times I, I call friends someone that's wanting to help me out. I call friends that care about me. Uh, sometimes we call people friends that are just wanting to care about you. If you got money to help them with their with their struggle, or they and and they've got you got influence, so they're using you for a a purpose until you run out of money. I've heard this story so many times that you run out of money and then you're discarded along the side because we don't need you anymore. You can't be of a help to us anymore. I would say friends care about me. Friends that I have uh, care about my soul. Care, uh, friends of mine care about my life, care about my family, care about my job, care about everything about me, care about my, my, the betterment of my life. But if they're trying to destroy me, I would say that I need to find new friends. Because the world, the world's not kind about it. Sin is not kind about it. The Bible says it's fun for a season, but when it's finished... It is misery, it's struggle, it's judgment, it's, it's a place of eternity away from God. It's a place of heartache, it's a place of pain, it's a place where our family struggles, it's a place where you lose everything. We're talking about your soul in eternity here. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs 18 and 24... A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. I, I use that scripture a lot because sometimes people I've heard people say, "Well, I don't have friends." Well, the Bible says if you want friends, you got to show yourself friendly. Don't wait for other people to come to you and be their friend. Sometimes people say, "I don't have friends." Well, have you reached out to be someone else's friend? <laughs> but then the scripture goes on. We we know that part of the scripture so well. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. But then it says, and there is a friend 
that sticketh closer than a brother. A friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There are friends in my life, I believe, are as close as a brother to me. But then I have Jesus that is a friend that is closer than a brother. I have Jesus. And you have Jesus. He's going to stick with you through thick and thin. He's a God that is going to tell you how to get away from judgment. He's a God that's going to try to get in your way from going into that sinful place of hell. He gives you every opportunity for a way of escape. It's right here in the Word of God. But so many people say, almost, preacher. Let's go a little further. Almost, God. Almost. You almost convinced me, God, through the foolishness of preaching that I can have eternal life. You almost persuaded me. I stood on the very edge. You were real close. But it didn't happen. Jesus is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He cares about you. He cares about your need. He cares about your eternity. He cares about your life. Amen. He cares about you. When we're in an environment, it affects everything about you. When the environment out here of cold weather comes in in the wintertime, it affects me because I don't stay outside as much as I would if it was warmer out. When the environment changes and it's warm outside and it's too hot, uh, then again, sometimes I don't stay outside as long as I usually do. Longer than the winter. But I go into that nice air-conditioned house. But when the environment is like right between nice 72, 73 degree weather, I stay out for a long time. The environment affects my decisions. The environment. There's times that I have been in environments, uh, and I try not to allow myself, but there have been times that I've been in environments that I knew that there was something wrong there in the spirit. And something didn't feel right in my spirit. So I made sure that I didn't stay there because the environment wasn't right. There's something about the environment. Darkness attracts darkness. Light attracts light. But let me say this. Jesus cares so much about us that just a little flicker of light in the midst of darkness can dispel all the darkness. God has all power, Brother Will, to dispel darkness if you just make the right step toward God. When people are doing wrong, they want others to join them because it makes them feel better doing the wrong. You know what we need more and more of? We need more of the Word, but we need more of the Holy Ghost in our lives. We need more of the influence. There is 
power in the Word and the preaching and teaching of the Word. There's power of influence in music. I've always made a point that if I can't feel God in that song, it's not worthy for me to worship with that song. I need to feel the presence of God because when I'm connected with God and worshiping, I'm going to feel God. Now, there's times, I know, that we go through times where we don't feel God when we worship. That doesn't mean He's not there. It means i got to take some steps of faith at that point because I know He's going to be there. He is there. The Word of God says He will be there. But you see, we need more in this hour of the Holy Ghost influence in our lives than ever before. We need the power. You must have the power of the Holy Ghost working in your life. It's not just a one-time thing coming to an altar, speaking in tongues, and never experiencing it again. We need it every day. Every day we need God influencing us, moving in our lives, influencing our decisions, influencing the, the, the places that we go, what we do. We need the power of the Holy Ghost to move in our lives. But the church, we must be influencers and not allow the world's influence to influence us. I'd like for us to stand. The church in this hour of influence needs to be the salt and light in this present world. We need to be the influencers with the Word of God, the Gospel message. The church must be the influence and not be influenced by the gates of hell. In the book of Matthew 16, 18, and 19, it says, Then I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell are not going to be the influence against it, because the gates of hell, it says here in the Scripture, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. His church. And in the next verse, it says, And I will give unto thee the kingdoms of the, or the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like a church that is influencing through the power of binding and release and loosening. A church that influences not only this earth, but influences heaven. A church that is not going to bow down to the gates of hell and everything that spews out of hell's mouth and influence, be influenced religious influ, uh, influences into the religious community and the Christianity and the ways of the world to influence the church but the church takes a stand upon the word of God and influences our world there is deliverance if we don't say almost there is deliverance if we say I'm all in
God, here I am. I offer myself before you. God is reaching. God is reaching. Because there's a church that's not being influenced by the gates of hell. And the church has an effect upon the earth and upon heaven. Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's a church that is influencing. And the gates of hell are not influencing the church. But what God is saying here today, He doesn't want you to say, Almost, preacher, it almost spoke to me and I made the decision. But what God is saying is, Open up your heart. I want you to receive the blessings that I have for you available in your life. It's all here. Gifts. Gifts and blessings and peace and joy and love and and long-suffering and meekness. I mean, the list goes on and on. Things that God has prepared for those that love Him. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. Will you say almost? Or will you say, I'm all in and make that step for God? It's here today. I'm opening up these altars right now. I'm opening the altars. Don't say almost. Say, here I am, God. Here I am, God. I want what you have for me. I need your love, God. I don't know how to do it. I just need your love. I need your peace. I need the joy of the Lord again in my life. I need your touch, God. I can't make it on my own. I need you, God. It's available to you. Oh. The influencers, let God influence you today. Let His Word influence you today. Oh, let the cross influence.